as we uh, begin in our time of just what I, I really consider this a time for encouragement. I believe that. What the New Testament really teaches is that the time of teaching within a community gathering like, like ours is a time to build up. I, re- I love a place where Paul says, you know, God did not give me the authority to tear you down. He only gave me authority to build you up. And that is something that really, really, I, uh, I really cherish that. I mean, it's as crazy as it might seem. I've had people that come into our community and they come check us out and then they come up and say, well, that was nice, but... Uh, you didn't make me feel guilty enough, so we're going to go look for someplace else. And I'm thinking, you know, not really my job. I mean, I mean, yes, the Holy, does the Holy Spirit convict? Yes, but it, am I supposed to yell at you and you know belittle you and call out your sins? And is that really my job? You know, no, I don't think so. I believe that the, that we live in an age where God really, really wants to build His people up. And I believe that's what my job is. And so this morning, my, I'm going to attempt to build us up in a, in a time that could probably be like uh, disturbing, confusing, what do we do? And as I get into it, if I don't do a good job, you know, of really encouraging you, I want you to know it's all Noel's fault. Yeah, Noel, he, Noel invited me in, in his Vineyard Institute training, invited me to do a practicum with me. So he suggested this book that we should read. And I've been reading this book. And I think this book really, it, and at the end of my time of encouragement, I'm going to kind of bring that in. So, Noel, you know, if this goes well, you get all the credit. You know, if it doesn't, you know, it's all on you. <laughs> I really appreciate Noel. We had, he had a, we had a very honest conversation at Grand Zines this week, and so it was really good. So what I would like to share with us this morning is our constant are constant in our changing time. I think there's no denying that the times, they change. But I believe uh, that it's no mistake that we happen to be right where we are in our study of Acts. You know, some of us might, well, you're, you're taking like forever to travel through. Well, it's a long, it's 28 chapters. Then I found myself like, I don't want it to be over. Because I love how in this time, these, these changing times, and as the church is trying to figure out who the church is, this is the place to go. So I've realized that between where we are now, chapter 22, and the end of the book, uh, Paul is uh, basically, he's going through like it, trial after trial after trial. And it's uh, kind of like, okay, we're, we're living in a day where Christians that we know really feel like maybe they're on trial. So maybe what God wants us to learn is not how to stop the trials and the tribulations, but how do we go through it well? Because that's what Paul did. That's what Peter did. That's what John did. And so I don't think it's any mistake that in these changing times, there's, there's something constant Something that doesn't change that you and I can hold on to. And as threatening as it might be, it's, it's not the rights and the wrong. There is a right, there is a wrong, but that's not what it is. The law of our land, as good as it is, it can be bad. It's not the constant. There's something that's a constant for you and I as followers of Jesus to hold on to. So 
I hope that you're reading the news. I mean, in light of this week's news, I mean, there were Supreme Court rulings. There was IS activity in France and Tunisia and Kuwait. There was the Charleston Memorial. I mean, it just, I mean, my, my Facebook page just kind of blew up. I'm sure that yours did too. Uh, I, also, I also discovered the joy of I can remain your friend, but I'm no, go- I'm no longer going to read your posts. My brother is still my friend. <laughs> but I'm not reading his posts anymore. So with all of that, some of us, we, we may feel under attack. Can you relate to Nemo and Dora? I love that movie. You know, probably the thing that you want to do today after today's message is go home and watch little Nemo. W-A-W-T-D. What are we to do? Got it? All right. That's scary. <laughs> what are we to do? What things to be... To, I mean, what, what do we do? Well, I think there's two things. One, I think I, I want to remind us of our identity as it's being uh, expressed in Acts. When, when faith, faith in Jesus is practiced in a very challenging environment. Again, I would just like to remind you, the church that's given birth in Acts is always in a challenging environment. Maybe that's something that our God wants us to remember. We're never going to be practicing our faith in a stable environment until the kingdom that is to come comes. Until we, that, that age to come, until that, it's not going to be a stable environment. So how do we practice our faith in, in, a, in a challenging environment? And then the second is, just really learning from Paul, how do we maintain a good witness when we're arrested for faith? I mean, every one of the original followers of Jesus, all of them spent time in jail. I mean, I, I didn't, I mean, it just dawned on me, how, how many, like, how many times were they in court? So again, is the Holy Spirit trying to tell us something? Maybe like we have a faith, if, if we stick to the consonant of our faith, maybe what's going to happen is we're going to get in trouble. Not get out of trouble. The faith they had in Jesus did not keep them out of trouble. It got them in trouble. So how did... How did what, how did we begin to expect something different? How, how did we begin to think that laws were going to be passed in our favor rather than against us? Are laws being passed in their favor? In the whole history of the, new, the church that we read about, they're supposed to learn from. It's just something to think about. So a reminder of our identity in Acts chapter 1. 
And I, I believe that, that, that Luke, as he's writing Acts, this is one of the main themes. I just want to remind you again and again and again, if you're following Jesus, this is who you are. Individually and corporately. So, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Does that sound like anything? Now really, put it in today's words. Are the followers of Jesus clamoring again and again and keep asking him, is this the time that you're going to free whatever nation you want to put in there and restore so that, you know, that that sounds really familiar. And there is... uh, Jesus doesn't really answer the question. Jesus' answer to their question was, my, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. So, so the, you're, you're asking about the realm of something Almighty God is going to do someday, but you know, it's not today, therefore I want to remind you of who you are and what I want you to do. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and with that power, you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This book of Acts, is that's what it's about. Empowered witnesses telling people everywhere about Jesus. Holy Spirit-empowered witnesses. Martus. Martus is the Greek word. What does that sound like? Martus. Sounds a little bit like martyr. You see, the witness... The context, the definition within the Greek word world and now coming into our world because this is who we are. We are to, in a legal sense, if we are called upon to give a testimony, then we would be a witness. Figuratively, anyone who can or should testify to anything is a witness. And as you move closer to what Jesus is talking about, what Jesus is saying is, You are a witness of Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. And there are those times that those who witness to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, they witness unto death, therefore they are a martyr. And again, I would like to remind you that every one of the original followers of Jesus, except for John were witnesses unto death. They died as martyrs. I cannot deny Jesus' life, Jesus' death, and Jesus' resurrection. And they were put to death for that. Now Saul, slash Paul, he became a really select witness Remember, he was persecuting Jews that were following Jesus, both in Jerusalem and Damascus. 
He got papers to arrest them. He wanted to see them go through trial. He wanted to see them die. He was standing there holding the cloaks of those that were stoned Stephen to death. In full agreement, he should not be allowed to live because he's a Jew that is following Jesus. He's a Jew who is a witness to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. He should die. And so Jesus shows up on the road to Damascus. He says, well, you know, this, this has got to stop, Saul. <laughs> why, why, are you, why, are you, why are you persecuting me? And then Ananias, remember this, again, this godly, godly man, this godly Jew living in Damascus that Jesus shows up. Hey, uh, I want you to go, I want you to go lay your hands on this guy. Oh, wait a minute, Jesus. Do you know what you're asking of me? Don't, let, me let me tell you who he is. Jesus, I know who he is. He's, he's now my chosen instrument. I want, he's going he's gonna to carry my name. He's going to bear my name to the nations, the Gentiles. He's going to bear my name before the kings. He's going to bear my name before the sons of Israel. And I'm going to show him, notice, how much he will suffer for the sake of my name. Ultimately, Saul slash Paul will lose his head because he could not deny the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Acts 9, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to bring my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Here we are today. Who are we? What's the constant in our life? My friends, we are witnesses to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's who we are. And we carry his name to the nations. Shane is going to the UK, carrying the name of Jesus as she goes. Amber and Katie and Shelby are carrying the name of Jesus to Palestine and to Israel. Carrying the name to the nations, to all in authority, and to the people of Israel. And at times, whenever necessary, we are those witnesses to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection who suffer for the sake of bearing his name when others resist his rule and his reign. That's who we are. That's the constant in our life. So if that's the constant, what can we learn? As we, as we, as we follow along with with Paul, what are some? What's a lesson we can learn about him facing a trial, changing times? So Acts twenty three, twenty two to thirty. Last week we ended with people in the in the crowd listening. They listened very attentively to Paul as he shared his story, and until he talked about the outsider, the goyim, 
the Gentile. And then they just broke out loose shouting, Kill him! Kill him! He should not be allowed to live because he's a witness to Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. They shook their fists. They tore their clothes. They threw dust in the air. And so that's when the captain intervened and they ordered Paul taken back into the barracks. By now, the captain was thoroughly exasperated. He decided to interrogate Paul under torture. Hello. In order to get to the bottom of this, to find out what what had Paul done that provoked this outraged violence? He's got to be guilty of something. He's not telling me the crowd. I can't. I cannot hear what the crowd is saying because it's so loud. He's guilty of something. So I'm gonna. I'm going to tie him up and I'm gonna. I'm gonna beat it out of him. I'm gonna whip him until he tells me what he's done. To make everybody mad at him. As they spread eagled Paul with thongs. You know, so now they're pulling pulling him out. Leather straps. I I don't know what Paul, I mean, like he seems to me like he's like delayed here. They're getting, getting ready to whip him. And Paul says, it just, what's the nuance here? I mean, what's the tone here? Uh... By the way, is it legal torturing a Roman citizen without a fair trial? (laughs) What a timely comment. (laughs) When the centurion heard that, he went directly to the captain. Do you realize what you've done? Not what I've done. I'm the one that just tied him to the posts. This man is a Roman citizen. The captain came back and took charge. (laughs) Is what I hear right? You're a Roman citizen? Paul said, I certainly am. The captain was impressed. I paid a huge sum of money for my citizenship. How much did it cost you? Nothing. It cost me nothing. I was free from the day of my birth. I was born a citizen. That put a stop to the interrogation. And it put the fear of God into the captain. He had put a Roman citizen in chains and had come within a whisker of putting him under torture. So the next day he came up with something different. Determined to get to the root of the trouble, to know for sure what was behind the Jewish accusation, the captain released Paul, ordered a meeting with the high priests, the high council, the Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin, to see what they could make of it. And Paul was led in and took his place before them. From one trial to the next trial. So what can we learn from this trial? One, it's not good when a military ruler with the power of military rule gets exasperated with you. That You can learn that, okay? I mean, he was ready to get to the bottom of it by whipping Paul. Believing that Paul was the one that provoked this outrage. 
And Paul's comment is, so, that, that's what we need to hold on to. If we're going to learn anything from this little event, is it legal? Is it legal torturing a Roman citizen without a fair trial? There was a value in him being a Roman citizen. He had the right to a fair trial prior to being tortured. So my friends, I just want to remind us that we are citizens, I think everybody, by birth. If you're not a citizen by birth, you have citizenship. By, I mean, it's still citizenship in this nation. And you and I, we, we have a, a right to a jury trial. We, we have a right to be considered innocent before we're proven guilty. We should, we should, we may have to like say that sometime. Is it legal? I'm a follower of Jesus, but I'm also a citizen of the United States. Is it legal? It's okay to remember that. But at the same time, we're also dual citizens. And I don't think we should ever forget that not only am I a citizen of the United States, but I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Paul writes in Philippians, we're citizens of, of high heaven. And we're waiting for the arrival of the Savior, the Master, Jesus Christ, the King, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like His. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which He is putting everything as it should be. He is putting everything as it should be. He's at work even in our changing times. And what he's asking us is, would you be my witnesses? Would you keep your eyes and your heart open so that you would give testimony to who I am? I'm the God who came into the mess and I'm not leaving it until it's straightened up. And I've done everything that needs to be done to restore my creation to what it was, but not only restore it, to make it better, and I've started. One example would be what he's doing by showing up and inviting Muslim people to follow him. You and I should be a witness to that. That's a witness to the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus and his activity in that world, setting things right between Muslim people and God. We, we, ought to, we, ought, we ought to be, well, that's what we ought to be holding up placards about. What's the goal of our faith? So that's, that's, that's what I, I, I just kind of came to that by being in Philippians 3. So I want to read, just, would you just, let me just read the whole context of our citizenship in heaven. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. The very credentials these people are waving around as something special. I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash. Along with everything else I used to take credit for. Paul's talking about the exactness of his legal training. Everything that I learned about what was right and wrong and God's righteousness in the statutes, in the old covenant, that is now rubbish. 
Why? Because of Jesus. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Jesus Christ as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. Dog dung. I mean, it's literally poop. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I can embrace Christ and be embraced by him. Nah, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mind went there, but, uh, you know, I stopped it. (laughs) I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ. Notice, did you hear that? Can I repeat it? I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules. When I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff so that I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, and be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way I get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. I'm not saying that I have it all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal. What's the goal? Where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that you're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running the same course, headed for the same goal, There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times, sadly. I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross, but easy street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods, belches their praise, and all they think of is their appetite. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master Jesus Christ, the King, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like Him. He'll make us beautiful and whole, the same powerful skill by which He's putting everything as it should be under and around Him. My friends, I want to know Jesus. And I want others to know Jesus. And I want to know the power of his resurrected life. And I even want to know the sufferings that he endured so that somehow I might attain to 
the same resurrection. I would just like to say, based upon who we are, broadening it, we are an incarnational missional community striving to know Jesus and to make him known through our spirit-empowered witness. We are not builders and defenders of Christendom. Who we are and what we do remain constant in spite of Supreme Court rulings, IS activities, whoever is president, governor, mayor, whatever. Supreme Court rulings come and they go, they change. IS will go. There'll be another president and another governor and another mayor. And our constant is not the changing times. Our constant that in this world, with a Supreme Court and with rulings and with IS activities and with a president and a governor and a mayor and what da that we're faithful to be the witnesses that we are to be of Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. And if things really get out of hand to even die a martyr's death. To the glory of God. That's our constant. Everything else can make pretty good conversation. But it's not what our world desperately needs. Our world desperately needs people, ordinary people like you and I, that keep our eye on the goal to know Jesus to make Jesus known even to suffer so be it would you like to stand with me Jesus, there's no doubt that we live in very challenging times. But Lord, as we look back in history to the time that we're studying in Acts, it was really challenging times there. Jesus, it was really challenging times when you came. And so, Lord, really, I don't, I don't think any of us have a leg to stand on when we just complain and say, wow, we live in such troubling times. The church has always lived in troubling times. And so, oh Lord, what I'm asking is that we would accept that our, our times are going to change. The winds are going to blow one way and blow the other. And at times, you know, we'll be on the right side of things and the other, we're going to be on the wrong side of things. There's tons of testimony to that. And so rather than being blown one way or the other, dependent upon court rulings or presidents or whatever, Lord, what I would ask, not only for our community, but really for the body of Christ on the planet, is that we would embrace the constant in our life. We 
are your witnesses. The witnesses of your life, your death, and your resurrection. And we want to announce who you are to our generation. And my fear, O oh Lord, is that we give ourselves so, we get so involved in so many other things that we just stop doing that and then our witness becomes something less than that, which is actually detrimental to announcing who you really are. So Holy Spirit, would you come and would you center our soul upon the goal that you have set for us? And would you enable us to let go of the different goals that we've set for ourselves or for the church? Let go of that so that together we would get back on track with you. Jesus, do through us what you want to do on the earth in our generation. Influence us with your kingdom. Establish your kingdom among us and send us out to announce our king and his kingdom to our generation wherever we go. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. So thank you for our time. I'm sure be glad to have any questions, any conversation based upon what we've shared. So do that among each other or with me is great. And I, all complaints go to Noel. Remember that. Okay? Thank you. <laughs>